This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. All right, so you can't me get enough of the fan in the morning show anyway. because this is nothing so like that. Alan Jerry are dealing with stories oh, they never get to come from the morning show. show. Very sexy, at the very bottom of the show. Because my mother had a bad experience. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post game podcast. And this one felt more like a podcast topic. It was some strip club owner was on some podcast. I mean, this is how many podcasts there are, Jerry. We have strip club owners as guests on podcasts. Or maybe even having their own podcast. Or having their own podcast. Yeah. And this one strip club owner said that uh, Quentin Tarantino came in there one time. Okay. And paid a girl $10,000 to go into the back room to lick her toes. And he kept sucking on her toes. Oh, he wanted to lick her toes. Yeah. He it's a paid, little foot fetish. He t- paid her $10,000 to suck her toes. I got to be honest. You're Quentin Tarantino. What are you doing? Right. I mean, you can. Yeah, I guess. I'm sure the $10,000 for him is like $10 for us, but that's weird. It is weird. Stripper feet? I, yeah. Yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She probably was, you know, dancing in her high heels all night, sweaty, disgusting stripper feet. Uh, yeah, but you can clean them quickly. That's true. And strippers do have to keep their feet clean because you got to think of this. If they're dancing on the stage and people are sitting by the stage, their feet are right in your faces. But I didn't like that the strip club guy said this because I guess there are cameras all over the place in these strip clubs, which I understand. But like they were all, as soon as they saw Quentin Tarantino went into the one of the back rooms, they all went into his office, right? And were looking at the cameras to see him sucking this girl's toes. Mm, Okay, very interesting. Right, you want what happens down there stays down there. Yeah, I mean, I just didn't appreciate him taking to uh, taking to the podcast to tell everybody that Quentin Tarantino likes to suck stripper toes. Did he give up anybody else's uh, weird quirks about them? Uh, if he did, it wasn't newsworthy enough to make it into these news articles. Is this a podcast you'd be interested in listening to? No. Stripper secrets? No. I think I might. Stripper secrets? Like, well, I mean, he clearly is giving away... Some inside stuff. I would yeah. be interested to hear some of the some of the crazy crap that goes on. No. You know what? Probably. I probably would be interested if I heard about celebrities doing and things. I was going to say, clubs. then you drop a name here and there. By the way, Ben Affleck likes to lick a nipple. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I wouldn't want to, like to me, if there's people I already assume, like if you tell me people in Motley Crue did something, I'd be like, yeah. Of course, right, yeah, right, right. I need something. I need like a wholesome person. Like Jason things. Bateman. Yeah, like, oh, Jason Bateman. He goes in and he, he licks toes of strippers. Like, oh, really? So you'd be interested in You know what? I, I guess I would be. I mean, you got that from Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Then I, I was, uh, uh, well, yeah, this Joe Rogan podcast, he had uh, Andrew Dice Clay on the other day. Oh, God. Okay. And I was like, I'm going to listen to this. Sounds partly interesting and partly torturous. And and it was. It was, it was that. It okay. was partly interesting, and that part was very small. And mostly torturous. But I don't know why. You keep listening. Yeah. For some reason, I treat these things like, um, I don't know, like like it's some sort of 
class assignment where once you, you start it, you got to finish it. I don't have the time to keep <clears> up. I will finish it. Well, I have time in the car. That's where I, I don't ever listen yeah, but outside the car. Everyone is over three hours. Yeah, but so I, he's doing four of them a week. He doesn't do four. Oh, I he thought does, he did Monday through Thursday. No, he does like maybe two or three. And oh, I I'll, thought he did. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. He does like three a week, and one of them almost always is an MMA one, which I don't listen to. All right. So if there's two a week you're listening to, you got plenty of time to get. I got you. Yeah, and and especially if the other podcasts that I listen to don't have anything interesting, I sometimes will go back to to a Joe Rogan one that I sure. didn't deem interesting. This Andrew Dice Clay just he really fancies himself this. I don't know. Like, Who Dice Dice this. Uh, innovative, incredible, greatest comic of all time. Really? And yeah. And what I don't like, and I've heard other people say this too, so Dice claims that he is the first comic to play arenas. Okay. Steve Martin was playing arenas in I would, the 70s. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah, which is why Steve Martin quit doing stand-up, because he got so big and he was... He said he was doing them in arenas, and it was hard to. You had to do a, a different act because people had to be able to see you from far away. Sure, yeah. And then people are just watching on a screen, and he didn't like that. So he was doing those, those when running around with the arrow in the between the in the head with the rabbit <laughs> ears, King Tut. He was doing all that. That was playing arenas. And I, I actually don't think having seen. I'm trying to think the worst. So I feel like the worst comedy shows I've seen have been in big venues. Yeah. The smaller venues is where it's just better because you don't want to be watching a screen. No. You know, the Seinfeld thing, that was pretty close to almost too big at the Beacon. Really? Just because we, we, our seats weren't great. They were way up. It was just small enough that it was okay. But I'll tell you what, if I had to go any higher in those seats, too far. Yeah. And there were. There were probably 30 more rows behind me. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I mean, it was, we were in the front row of the upper deck, or the second row, I'm sorry, second row of the upper deck of the Beacon, and it was high. Is like, that the largest venue you've seen a stand-up perform in? I don't, I'm, mm, I don't know, because I feel like I have watched comics on a on a screen. I'd have to, th I'd really have to think about it. Yeah, I definitely saw Jim Gaffigan at Madison Square Garden, and okay. that was weird. It was too big. Too big. Yeah, I mean... One person in a 20,000-seat arena. Yeah. How he, can it be good? And he didn't even... Not, this is no crack on him. He It wasn't packed. Right. What would you say? How many? I don't know. It's hard half? to tell. Did he Definitely get more than half. Like, I was on the floor, but way back. Okay. So I wasn't close. But so I never 10, remember... 10,000 people, maybe? It's still a lot of people. Yeah, I remember I did have to watch the screen. That is a lot of people. And you went... When you went to see Bruce at the Garden, yeah. you sat in the Chase Bridge? Yeah. Good place to watch a show. Tremendous. Because Paramore is there tonight. I really want to go. Tonight? Yeah. You're going to go on a Tuesday night. I Listen, I they, they're not playing anywhere else. It's the only shot I got. To, they don't tour. It's like the only shot I get to see them. Yeah, that's tough. I'm probably not doing Tuesday it. Tuesday night, tough. I, they're all tough. Yeah. I would go. I would probably stay here in Boomer's office. Might get more sleep if I did that. That's true. By the time that show's over, I might be here by 1030. Right. Sleep till four. Guess what? That's about what I get at home. <laughs> In some cases, more. Yeah. Right. The cats won't wake up here. No. What I would not do is go home. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. I don't know. But I saw that. I knew they were playing tonight. I had it in my, I had it in my calendar to go. 
And then I forgot about it. And then I got the alarm this morning. Oh, crap. I forgot. Then I went online. I saw tickets are not bad in that Chase Bridge. And it, you made me think. I That's where you saw Bruce Springsteen and you loved yeah, it. Yeah, I really, I loved it. Hmm. Loved it. Interesting. Oh, yeah, Jerry. Uh, yeah, so I just, just sat through this nice clay. He just like fancies himself such a innovative. I never got it. Did you like Dice Clay when he was popular? Did I like him? Sure. I mean, did he make you laugh the first time you heard him? Yes. After that, same old act. Right. And I was kind of good. Right. The first time he heard it, it was so shocking. It was new. And it was new. Yeah. It was shocking. Yeah. Maybe I'll listen to that on the way home. Is the first, this is the only thing I don't like about, I really don't like about the Rogan podcasts. Sometimes they don't start for an hour. Yeah, no, they start right away, but Dice is... is No, but they don't talk about anything sometimes. Well, Dice went in with an agenda. Okay. Like he was going to talk about all these things. So he tried to like work everything okay. in. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, I was in Whole Foods over the weekend. They now have... They just put in uh, self-scanning checkouts. They're all doing it. But you know what's weird? This is the problem with the Whole Foods one. Whole Foods has so many different p- produce items... That you now have to figure out the code for. I know. Can't you start typing it in and it gives you the choices? You can, but in a place like Whole Foods, where I, I'll give you a perfect example. I went and I got sweet potatoes. You know, seems simple enough. I would think so. I type in sweet potatoes. Eight different kinds huh. popped up. I and they're all different prices. Well, I have no idea which ones I grabbed. One. Yeah. <laughs> and you, but you can't even tell on there what the price is till you till really? you select it. So I'm that's, like, that's genius. Did I get the, like, legitimately orange sweet pato- potato, red sweet potato, U.S. sweet potato, Vietnamese sweet potato? Oh, my God. I don't know. I got the sweet potato. <laughs> so did someone have to help you? No, I just guessed one. I guessed, I was just like, ah, I guess whatever. I'm going to look at the one that looks most like a regular sweet potato because right. I feel like that's what I grabbed. The orange one. The orange one. I cho- I chose orange sweet potato, but when it rang up, it seemed more expensive than like when I buy sweet potatoes and stop and shop. Well, it's because it was Whole Foods. Yeah. Oh, by the way. Yeah. So that's part of that too. That is part of the problem. I remember I was doing Whole Foods. When I used to do the food shopping, I decided I had the genius idea of start shopping at Whole Foods. That lasted like three trips. Oh, I was like, you realize you've spent so much more going there than here? I'm like, yes, but it's better food. Yeah. There's no money in the checkbook. <laughs> Got it. Back to stop and shop. <laughs> Understood. Yeah. I was just I was the Whole Foods Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Okay. All three days. A lot of people do that though. But, uh, I went for each of our dinners. Yeah. No, a lot of people I like that because you're buying fresh. I don't think if you've got the time, that's a smart way to do it. Yeah, and I was actually surprised for Memorial Day weekend. I thought everything was gonna be packed like crazy mm-hmm. shopping, but I guess people no, went people shopping. Were down the shore. But I, but that's where I was even. I thought I thought people would be Buying barbecue True. stuff. Good point. But I guess people had, and I said to the one girl at one of the cash registers, I said, I expected it to be crazy here. She said, yeah. She goes, I think people did their shopping during the week for yeah. Memorial Day weekend. I know by me, it was very quiet. Yeah. You know, I went to I went to Barrel and Roost Saturday night, I guess, with Kim. Usually very difficult to get in. Even with reservations, you get there. And you know, they're great with the reservations. They hold them almost to the minute. They are terrific with that. But there's always people waiting. We walked in. I'm like, wow, you can actually just walk in and get a table. There were people there. There was a great ambiance, as they say. An ambiance. But it was not. It felt like a holiday that people were down the shore. Yeah. The Highway 35 was quiet. It was just weird. 
Be, it was a beautiful night, Memorial Day weekend. Well, and we had a beautiful Memorial Day weekend, Yes, Jerry, we did. Yes, which we did. is so rare. Yeah. No, it's it was pretty good. Yeah. It was pretty good. A lot of baseball for me, but it was pretty good. I was also listening to a podcast today on my way in about youth sports and how it's declining the number of participants. Yeah. See, I hear it's this declining. all the time. In what way? Uh, there are less kids playing. I don't see it. Yeah, that's probably in different parts of the country. Maybe. I mean, I can tell you rec leagues are hurting because of private club teams and travel. Yeah, this is what they said, that the the kids do travel. Yeah. And then the rec leagues are not so much. Because travel's not what... So, even for you, as a kid, you would play your rec baseball... What's and, that like, Little Fellows League of Colonia? Yeah, it's yeah. your. It's where every team gets twelve kids. The twelfth kid might never have played before, and the top kid might be a, a stud. And then you got all sorts of kids in between, and they try to divvy up the teams so the teams are relatively even. And then at the end of you play in the spring, and then at the end of the spring, going into the summer, usually your township that you play for, the coaches get together and they look for the twelve best kids in yes, the league. That's what happened, and they create a. So you lived in Colonia. They would create the Colonia Summer Travel Team. Correct. And you would do anything from, so for us, all we did was one tournament and then a county tournament. And that was the extent of our travel baseball. There was nothing more than that. And I remember the first tournament would be right after Father's Day. And then the big tournament was usually around 4th of July weekend. And that was the baseball season. Spring, a little bit of summer. And then you were done until football began or soccer began in the fall. There was no really no fall baseball. Now what's happened because of this league called USABL, United States Amateur Baseball League, they created pay-for-pay travel is essentially what it is. So, yes, you have those town programs that will put together their 12 best, and then they will play rec with their regular teams. And then that group of 12 will go on and play. So rec baseball in the spring is usually Monday through Saturday. Because USABL does specifically Sunday games and tournaments too. Um, And then there are private clubs that just say, hey, for four grand, we put together a team. You don't have to play your rec. We're just going to play USABL season games and tournaments. And so that's where all the kids have gone. To four thousand dollars a year to play? Those are a specific private club. I mean, you could pay up to eight, nine thousand dollars, or you could pay. I'll gotta give you an example. We now play for the Marlboro Mustangs. Used to be a town program. It's really now more run like a club team because there's only two kids from Marlboro on the team, and there were from everywhere else. We're fifteen hundred to play. Now that includes your fall baseball season, your winter. Uh, training, which is nothing more than an hour a week for 10 weeks. But whatever, you get those. Spring baseball and then summer baseball and the tournaments we play. So real kind of cheap, this Marlboro program that we do. The rec leagues are dead because the kids are all playing USABL. So if you look at it, I believe they had in New Jersey, USABL had 1,500 teams for spring baseball. 12 kids on a team, you do the math. There are so many kids playing, it's absurd. So we just... Yeah. Are, are the ba- are kids that aren't great at it still playing? Or There's no? no, that's the thing. That's yeah. what people don't understand. They are. They oh, have they, they are. Are, USABL. This is why it's not travel like you think. They have level one beginner travel to level five elite travel, and everywhere in the middle. So when I coached Hazlitt, I put us in at level three. 
average travel team, and we were good. We competed, almost won a couple of championships, won some tournaments. This Marlboro team, we go in as a level five, and then there's a lot of level one teams. They have all sorts of, and you're talking about kids that aren't very good, but there's a place for them to play. And always where too in this podcast they were talking about like the, the number of kids playing sports is uh, in the in these rec leagues is down, and they go oh you know and it, it's bad that kids don't play because uh, it's been found that kids who play in these organized sports have a higher self esteem. Sure, I feel like my self esteem was shot down when I played baseball because I sucked. That's because you didn't have any hits. Right, but there was a lot of us like that, like kids that are not very good. That's not good for their self esteem to play yeah, it baseball. It would be if you played on a team with uh, all level one talent, you might have stood out. So there's good and bad to it. Yeah, it, the I do find, and the late Rick Wolf uh, amazed me. He didn't know about this because he used to do shows on the declining numbers. And I remember saying to him one time in the newsroom, I'm like, you know, you always do that. I'm like, how come you never talk about USABL? He's like, what's that? I'm like, what's that? Like, it's the biggest youth baseball league in, in New Jersey, which is now branching out, which it has, into Staten Island and Brooklyn and into Pennsylvania. Like, they're growing. And he wasn't even aware of it. All he knew of were these town league. So Hazlitt, when I played, this is what my father told me. Because my dad, um, when I was a kid, used to be the treasurer, only two years, but he was the treasurer for two years in Hazlitt. There were approximately 1,000 kids in the baseball and softball program when I played. Right now, there's 200. But those other 800 kids are still playing. They're just not playing for their town anymore. You know how many kids play on... So for Hazlitt, there are, in within, I would say, a 15-minute drive, there are probably 30 club teams, easy, that you can sign up for. And that's what that's what they do. They go play in different places. And why do some of these play? You know, what I always think is weird is like when they go, well, uh, you'll see like a a GoFundMe or something, and be like, send our kids to Ripken Baseball, like we did, like I did the, the fundraiser with the calendar. Yeah, because the expense. So for all right, so there's two big travel. There's two big 12U tournaments. Um, and 12 U, I mean, by 12 years old, it's the last year you play on the smaller field before you go up to the major league size field. Cooperstown, or what I did was Ripken Myrtle Beach, which was phenomenal. Cooperstown for the team. Now you have to stay with them. I, there's two different Cooperstown tournaments. So let's go with the one where you stay with them in the bunks and they feed you and it's a full week. The coaches stay with the kids. That per team is $26,000. So you got to come up with. So that's why teams try to fundraise because the parents are still going to have to rent a house for themselves or a hotel room to be up there and get their own meals. So it's like a vacation for them that they probably have to pay a couple thousand dollars for. And then on top of that, it's $1,500 for the kid. So they try to fundraise to pay for the kids to take away some of the financial burden. That's why. Hmm. It always seems weird, though, because I feel like... If you you can't afford it, don't play. You can make that case. Yeah. Only and not and not that way, but like asking random strangers to donate. Yeah, I don't like, like you're selling a calendar. See, I don't like the GoFundMe thing. Yeah, because that's like, mm, do I give to children's cancer or get this kid to play baseball in uh, Cooperstown? Usually, <laughs> I've actually never I've never seen a GoFundMe for it, but yeah. I, I believe you when you've Maybe seen there it. There is a well, I'm just saying, like I see things where it's like, oh, help donate. Yeah, a lot of things are. We run box pool, Super Bowl pools. Yeah. To, me, to me, that's fun, though. If you're getting something, yeah. like you're getting a calendar. Yes. So the person's buying a calendar. You're the one donating Correct. the proceeds. That's true. That is true. But I did, right, that is that is a good point. I put all the money towards the team. Yeah. That's a good point. 
The one thing that I don't mind, I don't like doing it, the canning. Oh, I hate the canning. I hate the canning with a passion, but I don't have an issue if it's for a team in their town. So, like, we did it. I only did it once, and I told Kim, I ain't standing out there. Because if someone watches the show and says, you're begging for money for quarters, <laughs> I said, you can take them. I ain't taking them. Yeah. And we did. And the kids made, like, $700 in four hours. People are very generous. But they had their Hazlitt Hawk shirt on. They were at a supermarket in Hazlitt. People, right. were, people were very friendly about it. But I wouldn't take that team into Morganville. Hey, Morganville residents, send Hazlitt to Cooperstown. I wouldn't do that. It's even weird, like, when the uh, fire departments do it, like, once a year or twice sure. a year. They stand oh, yeah. out there with a boot. Mm-hmm. Don't our taxes pay for the Apparently fire department? Not. Apparently not. I don't know what. I don't know. I get the, every year, I get the uh, the letter for the fundraiser. I sent 100 bucks in. and What fundraiser? For the fire department. Oh, fire. It's a volunteer fire department, so I guess they're not funded great. Yeah. I don't know how it works. I would like to think the town funds them since they're going to try and save lives for yes. us. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and each town's run different. It's weird. Towns, cities, states, all run different. Yeah. You see, Chris Christie's probably running for for president. Is that right? I just saw that this morning. Not if not official. Uh, someone from CBS tweeted. So he's going to run for the Republican Party, I suppose. I would think so. So it'd be him, Ron DeSantis, Trumpster. I don't think Trump. Yeah, I think Trump's running. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to end up on the Republican ticket. Oh, you don't think so? I don't. I don't even know how that works. I think it might be Trump. He might <laughs> run as the a, Trump ticket as an independent. Really? I, that's what I think. But I think he knows, like running as an independent, you get. You I don't think really he's got a shot. cocky enough to think that he could run no matter what yeah. the party line was. What was the old party line from the from the 1700s? Do you remember? Mm-mm. There were the Republicans, the Democrats, and there was another one. Oh come on! Um, uh, early U.S. government. Yeah, this is vaguely familiar. Uh, party affiliation. Let's see. The Democratic Party by Andrew Jackson. Here we go. Political parties in the United States. Now, you got the Democratic, the Republican Party. Not Libertarian. I know there's something else here. I'm not seeing it, but I, I know. Only, I only recently found out that GOP. Yeah. Grand old party is Republicans. I, I no knew the idea. GOP was Republicans. I didn't know that what, what it stood for. That's interesting. The, the Alliance GOP. Party. Uh, that's something else I was thinking about here. Yeah, I think the I, Federalists. Federalists. I'm going to run under the Federalists Party. No, maybe that's not. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, so be it. Hmm. When does all? When is the next presidential election? Twenty. Well, I think the next president would be 2024. Would be the election they would take over in January 25. So we got a whole another year and a half. Yeah, we got all. Now we got the run. crap is going to start ramping up. Yeah. The 12 months leading into it are when it starts to get good. Yeah. Start yeah. slinging some dirt on people. Yeah, I mean, listen, Trump's talking about people's vaginas. so Vaginas. Yeah, exactly. All right, Jerry, let's do the warm-up show here. Uh, tomorrow right. we come back. It's a Wednesday. And uh, we'll have a warm-up program material for you beginning yeah. at 5 a.m. Yeah, we will, yeah. As usual, we start every day at 5, 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. Until then, so... Thank you.
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Let it rip. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. They got their heads up their ass. Well, that's not nice, Eddie. What are you doing? What's going on? We start the work week. It's Tuesday morning. What is going on? The Eddie's Kazari, and across from me, his name is Al Michael Dukes. What's up? Good morning, Cherry. It's good to be back in the studio. I agree. I mean, it was nice to have no commute on uh, Friday morning, but uh, I like to be in in the studio. I am with you. so much better. Well, And it's easier to do our job, although it's nice to be with the people. It is fun to be with the people for an hour. Yes. Well, we're five. These four-hour shows six. in person are trouble. It's long. They're long, yeah. Four hours long show. It's a struggle. I heard Brandon say it's one thing to sit there and talk to yourselves into a microphone for yeah. four hours when you're staring at 500 people. People mm. stare back at you going, entertain me, <laughs> you losers. Entertain us. Yes. That's true. Please, I'm here standing with a beer. Entertain me. I know. Jerry, uh, I see the Yankees are out there on the West Coast now. They are. They are uh, in Seattle. Doing great things, as Aaron George always does. Doing great things in Seattle, which, uh, you know, is a terrible city now. They just let uh, punks take over the downtown. So now I'm rooting uh, against Seattle uh, in all phases of Although, life. beautiful stadium. I that suppose. I may never see. And they, they are doing the cool thing, the Mariners, for their home run celebration in the dugout. They have the old, whatever the Mariner's fork is. You know, like with the Mariner. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that Mariner yes. fork is, but they have one, mm-hmm. and they they run around the dugout with that when they hit home run. Very cool. That I like. Yeah. Now, you mentioned Aaron Judge doing great things. While everyone was sleeping, or a lot of people were sleeping, Aaron Judge hit two home runs, and stole a home yes, run. Yes, he did. I mean, what a night. You know what I love about him, too? That is awesome. Is he's like, well, I'm six foot seven. I got to yeah. make those catches. Like, that is, a, it's not like, hey, thanks, when they say, you know, what a great catch, or how did you do that? He's like, yeah, I'm supposed to do that. He's, he's, he's just, I don't I'm know. a tall man. man. I'm he always says the right thing. I'm supposed to reach over the wall and steal home runs. Man, did. that is awesome. That is like, if you go steal a home run, hit a home run, but he hit two home hit runs. two. The only thing that would have been cooler if he robbed two home runs. Or three. Had more robbed home runs yeah. than home runs. Supposedly, um, and I didn't see this because it was the middle of the night. When, or you don't watch games. Well, but If the for, game was on at 7-10, would you have seen it? No, but I would right. ha- not have an excuse. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but uh, when I was watching the extended highlight package this morning, uh, before 
Aaron Judge hit his second home run. Right. The announcer said, and he, oh, Aaron Judge homered earlier in the game, and he just missed one. Mm-hmm. He had just missed the second home run earlier. So he almost had three home runs that had the double the home run. Yes. Yeah. I know. Damn, Jerry. The guy is, I'm telling you, we had this conversation with G last week. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's he might back. I really do. I think he's like the best player I've ever seen. He was getting MVP chance on the road. Yeah, well, New Yorkers are everywhere. Why are New Yorkers moving to Seattle? Uh, I have no, probably work would I, be my guess. Isn't I, Seattle a big tech city, Eddie? Yeah, big tech city. Right? That's probably why. I get why people from New York move to Florida, uh, move to Arizona, yeah, California. But if I, all right, but if, I, if you were offered a job, mm-hmm. let's just say for $600,000 a year, and it was in... So I'm taking a pay cut, Jerry? A good... Yeah, you're taking good, a pay cut. No, for real. Let's say a $600,000 a year right. job in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going. So... Uh, well, you just answered your question. Yeah. I think a lot of people get better work in other places, and that's where you now go. make your... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that's where the New Yorkers are in Seattle, and then that's what you do. Then you go see your hometown team when you when uh, they come to your town now. Seven-figure job for you in Seattle. You going? Yes. <laughs> I would embrace the them letting groups take Seattle over downtown. Home. Yeah, Here I come. I'll be going and catching salmon at that fish market immediately. Pike's Market. You will change your tune very quickly. Oh yeah, I'd be at that first Starbucks placing an order. That's right. Oh, I'd be loving life oh, out there, funny. Jerry. Yeah. So you're like everybody else. You're right. Good point. Yeah. I can I can be cocky about it because I'm over here now. Correct. I'm but over if, here now. If you had a chance yep. for the right opportunity, I suppose. You'd go. And Domingo Herman pitched last night too, Jerry, while everyone was sleeping. And, did he have uh, any tar in his hands this time? He did not have any right. issues with sticky fingers. Sticky I didn't fingers. think he, I didn't think he would. Yeah. So he's back, Jerry. He's back. He did say uh, earlier or later last week, I did see some quotes for him saying that uh his game plan was going to be less rosin. Yeah, well, you got to do something. Because he said well, as the summer, as we approach the summer months, he's going to be sweating more. Right. So if he has more sweat and adds more rosin, then it's really going to be a sticky situation. He's going to have the gorilla glue on his hands yeah. again. So if he knows he can't stop the sweat, he can stop the amount of rosin he's using. I'm just curious. Yeah. Was all this going on? 15 years ago. Mm, 15 years ago would have put us in ago. what year? I mean, we're talking sweat and rosin. Sweat I mean, and rosin. They had rosin bags on the mound when Dwight Gooden was pitching. Did he have glue on his hands? Nope. I mean. He didn't need it, Jerry. He had that that ball that would just drop right from the sky. All this stuff is nuts. It really is just nuts. But on a good note, you know, the Yankees, if you look up all of a sudden, they're yeah. 10 games over 500. Okay. They did a nice job against the Padres over the weekend, which while not having a great season, a lot of good players on that team, they go out to Seattle, beat a decent team in the Mariners, and the Mets are floundering against the Cubs and the Rockies. So at least if you're the Yankees, you've kind of righted the ship. You're within six games of the Rays. Not too shabby. That's true. And I don't know. feel like things are starting to head in the right direction for them. They had a nice three-game winning streak going. Yeah. They're and they're playing. They're scoring runs. You know what? They they look good. Right now, they look good. The difference of a week. There were a couple cool things from that Padres series while we were gone, Jerry. Yeah, I didn't see much of it to be yeah. quite honest with you. The the do, did you see the highlight of the quote unquote little league home run that I, the Yankees no, gave I didn't. Up? I I read it. I did not see it. Yeah, it was cool to watch. You, you you're a little league coach, Jerry. You've seen these little league home runs, which is a ball hit on the ground winds up being a home run. For no, somebody. you don't see it often, actually. 
Actually, not at all, since there are seven. It's like they, I think Harrison Bader airmailed a throw to home plate. Nobody was there backing it up. And so the catcher goes and gets it, throws it to third base. We, so this was a, this was a single head. and a three-base error. Is yeah, that what this was? That's correct. Got it. Yeah, that even doesn't happen at our level very often. Yeah, it was kind of cool to watch. No, oh, it's fun. It's fun. Because it's goofy. Yeah. But not I, normal. I was just thinking of like this week in baseball. Twib. That would have been a great. That could have been a whole segment on this week in baseball. It might have been. You could break down every. That's like what John Boy does. You break down every part of the play. Yes. Oh yeah. Like here's what happened. Here's where the first error occurred. Mm-hmm. Why he's airmailing this throw to home play. Boy, so many guys just can't throw that ball from the outfield to home plate without with any it's accuracy. Hundred feet. I don't know if you could throw a ball thirty feet with accuracy. What? You're talking about throwing a ball for real from yeah. the outfield, probably, maybe not 200 feet. From where I would think this is coming from, it's probably 180 feet. has to be. You realize how far that is? No. You want to go out on the way home today and no. throw a ball 180 feet, see if you can hit a garbage pail? No, I don't. On bounces, let alone on one bounce or on a fly. Yeah. No, I don't want to this do that. This would be a good experiment, actually. I don't have the arm for it I can't anymore. do it today. How about tomorrow? You know I got to go home and walk that dog of it mine, Jerry. It will take 10 minutes to make five. I'll give you five throws from 180 feet, see if you can come within five feet of the garbage pail. Yeah, but I'm not a professional baseball player. Yeah, but it's still Outfield 180 there. feet. It's not an easy throw to make. Yeah. It was fun to watch, though. That And then I saw a video from the fans, like a, from a fan angle of the fans chanting steroids right. at uh, Fernando Well, he's Tatis. getting that in every city he goes. Yeah. He seemed to embrace it. I think at this point you're numb to it. And then he hit an upper decker. Uh, <laughs> he embraced it, then hit an upper decker. Yeah. At Yankee the end of the Stadium. day, he's still a hell of a player. Yeah. So he'll have to deal with that for a long time, and then at some point it'll fade away. Right. It all just fades away eventually. Yes, it does. Just like life, it just fades away. Time heals all wounds is what I've heard people say. Most wounds, yes. Most wounds. Most wounds. And then also while we were gone, uh, Aaron Boone served a one-game suspension for his, quote, recent conduct toward umpires. Yeah, he. I heard him with Susan the other day talking about, so he watched the game from a suite from above and just talking about how what a different perspective he got. Like, it was it was productive because oh, all of a right? sudden, like he says, it's not where you want to be, obviously, but if you're going to be up there and you're being able to watch the game from above, you're really seeing every guy doing what he's supposed to be doing, what they're not, what they're not doing, they should be doing. So you don't want to be suspended, but at least he kind of spun it into a positive, if you will. He turned a negative into a positive. I like that, Jerry. It sounds like it, yes. Hmm. So that was kind of cool. Now, the Mets didn't play uh, yesterday, Memorial yeah, Day. Yeah, so weird. Is, yeah, it is weird. Come but on, I feel like this has happened before, either on Memorial Day or, or July 4th. They haven't had games. Maybe not just the Mets, but not every team seems to play on these holidays. Yeah. I mean, they're on the right. I get it. They were in Colorado, and you're traveling back for, you know, the Phillies tonight. But I don't know. That's one of those things that you kind of look for a game. It's yes. a holiday. It's one like, of the what time is this Met game on today? It's Tuesday. Turns out it's not till today. Right. But at least you had the Tonight. Yankees that you could watch at 10 p.m. <laughs> 9.40. Yeah. Right. All Memorial Day long. And we got to wait till 9.40 for a Yankee game and get no Met game. Yeah, there really wasn't. If you're a sports fan, you had the Celtics and Heat not until 8.30 last night. Which, by the way, nothing. listen, the games are on TNT. I get it. I would have thought Game 7 would have been on ABC. Correct. But it wasn't. It was on TNT. So you had to wait until 8.30 for that to start. 
You had to wait till 9.40 for the Yankees to start. Um, I guess, you know, there was, I don't even know what else you were watching during the day. There was some when was that uh, hockey game? That was last night, I believe. That was the nighttime also. I'm not 100. I, I believe so. I wasn't home during the day, and I was not watching that. I actually had the basketball game on. Now, the Mets, as you mentioned, did not do well in Colorado. You think? The only uh, good game was Max Scherzer. That was Friday yeah. night. Yeah. I like the fact, was it Sunday? I think it was Sunday, where at one point, you know, they were winning by five or six runs. And one of my friends was like, oh, the Mets looks like they're going to get out with a series win. And it wasn't more than 25 minutes later. He's like, what? He goes, they're losing by five runs. I'm like, yeah, well, it's it's Colorado. It's the baseball amusement park of the league. Not a show. Like, there's no lead safe in Colorado. Yeah. And Justin Verlander got whacked around on Saturday. Didn't go, well, he got an early. Early and often, as yeah. they say. I actually turned that game on. And it was 5 nothing in the second inning, I think. Maybe the third. Was not good for him. Yeah, that was not good for him. So you had one guy get back on track, Max Scherzer. You had one guy get off track. track. Yeah. It was Colorado, though. I, you know, let's see what he does next time out. I want to see Sanga tonight against the Phillies. Yeah. Let's go. Who's he pitching against? Let me Ranger see. Suarez. Ranger Suarez. Yeah. Who hasn't pitched? I don't know what he's done, but I don't think he's pitched a whole lot this year. And then uh, for the Yankees, you got Mr. Nasty Nesticortes. Yes, that's exactly right. Look at you. Look at me, Jerry. Look at you. Even I can go to the MLB app and you look are... at starting pitchers. <laughs> I actually thought you had that written down. I did have it written down, but I got it written down from the app. Well, what are you going to do? Call the teams? Of course you got it from the app. Now, the only other interesting Met note I saw from over this long holiday weekend was uh, Pete Alonzo was on some sort of podcast, Jerry. And he told the story uh, of earlier in the year when he uh, got a home run against the Reds. Okay. He said he had timed his pregame coffee, which he normally enjoys. He he timed it wrong. So he had to uh, poop, and which he normally does pregame. And because his coffee timing was off, hmm. he, he never did it. He was uh, called to pinch hit, I believe. This was this pinch hit home run against the Reds. Okay. And he said he had to go bathroom so bad, he was swinging at the first pitch no matter what. And hit a home run. Hit a home run. Ran around the bases, right down into the into the alley. So this the was thing. a game he wasn't starting in. Correct. The whole game? He, the urge wasn't there? The urge wasn't there. And it shows up when Buck calls him to hit? Yes. Well, Probably got a little nervous. I don't, think he's getting, I don't think he's getting nervous in that situation. He gets up there. He's like, oh, my goodness, I have to go number two. Let me take a swing. Let me get the first swing. Maybe I pop up, ground out. Hopefully, I don't hit a double. And the good news Boom. for him, I don't know the answer to this. I'd have to go back and look at the game. Yeah. Perhaps he was out of the game and then had plenty of time to do his business. Right. Now, if Buck said, you're in at first base after you hit, pressure. Yes. A lot yeah, of pressure. Go clean up. The problem is, too, running around the bases after the home run, nah, knowing nah, when you have nah, to go, nah, oh, nah, that's not on, good, no, Jerry. Stop. No, no, no. Come on now. First of all, we're getting gross. Number two, unless it's the runny kind, you're mm-hmm. fine. You'd be all right. You'd be all right. Come on. Stop it. I wonder if he was a similar situation. How, like, if you have to go to the bathroom and you leave work, you're like, eh, I'm going to make I'll make it. Uh, I'd rather go at home, home field advantage. As you're approaching your front door, you have to go more because your body knows you're, you're there. Like, did Pete's body know, oh, my gosh, 
I'm so close to the dugout bat to the you know locker room bathroom as he was rounding no, the No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. That's not like being home. It's different. Yeah. It, it's foreign. I don't know. These baseball players probably feel very comfortable but I think in these that base- bathroom. Yes, but they're also very routine. That's they why, are. like you say, he said the morning coffee was off. Threw him off. That's not well, that's on him for not having it at the same time. Right. So he threw his whole body off. Yes, yeah, something happened Which that day. Is never a good thing. Something happened that day, Jerry, where he did not consume his coffee at the same time or pace. Well, and that's so usual. we had, and this is right up your alley, not. Um, we went for uh, we had a baseball tournament this weekend, and we got the because of the way we played on um Friday night, we had Saturday off, then Sunday, we knew we were playing at 8 30. If we win, we were playing at noon. And if we won that, we were playing at 5. And that's what wound up happening. So we were there from 7.30 until 8.30. Very long day. Point is, like, that meant I had to be up and out by 7. Had to get the body going. Right. Because there's no way doing that at a baseball field complex. Correct. Ugh. So I made sure I set my alarm for 5 a.m. Specifically so you went to the bathroom before Just to make sure that the body got moving in the right direction. The timing was right. Yeah. Smart. Yeah, unlike Pete Alonzo, who drank the coffee too late. Too late. I got up, had the coffee, was ready to go. But maybe that urgency is what had him made him hit the home run. Uh, possibly, or the fact that the pitcher sucks and he threw a fastball down the middle and, and Pete just crushed it. That could have been it as well. That too. All right, we take our first break of the hour. It's a new week, but a short week. It's Tuesday already. That's kind of cool. And so are Boomer and uh, Geo. They'll be here at 6 on the fan. A little Avril Lavigne. Actually, Taylor Swift, oh, Jerry. Oh, I was close. She did her My big bad. MetLife Stadium shows this weekend. Oh, wow. wow. I forgot about that. Okay. Aaron Rodgers was there. Good for him. I saw a lot of videos on the internet. Oh, is this about him dancing? People yeah. were killing him for dancing. What is wrong with everybody? He was having a, he was, uh, he was, he looked like he was uh, vibing out, Jerry. He was dancing Good for his him. hands up in the air. He looked better than me dancing, I'll tell you that right yeah, now. Whatever. Why can't people just go out and have fun? I go to a Everybody's going to have an opinion. God, just, everybody sucks. I just bob my head. You know what I mean? Like, I can't. I've seen. I've seen you just bob your head, too, when you're drunk on a chair. He was slowly dancing, Jerry. Like, Good for him. I think that's great. Yeah. So, uh, a couple of fans took uh, videos of him dancing, and then one of his teammates, Jerry, let me get this quote from you. Oh, John Franklin Myers. You familiar mm, with him? Of course, yes. Sounds like a doctor. It does, or a law firm. He retweeted the video saying, y'all weird. Why can't he dance in peace? Right. Leave him alone. Yeah, y'all well, it's weird. it's the same thing with, like, Tom Hanks at the Bruce Springsteen concert. Yes. Why does everybody got to shoot the video and post it all over the place? Yeah. Hey, Let look, the guy Tom, have fun. Look, it's Tom Hanks. Ay, ay, ay. How about this cool video then that surfaced? And I believe he had to put this out, Aaron Rodgers himself. During a part of her show, the Taylor Swift show, confetti rains down on the crowd. Okay. And Aaron Rodgers was pretending the Jets just won the Super Bowl because of the confetti. And he goes, the Jets just won the Super Bowl. Come on, Jerry. Are we going to kill him for that, the way the Mets no. got killed for celebrating winning World Series? No, no, no. Okay. We are we are all in on Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. right now, so he does not get the same critique that the Mets got for, for practicing their celebrations. How great are these months for Aaron Rodgers? Nick, mm-hmm. you come in as the conquering hero. Oh, my gosh. Nothing but OTAs, all yeah. these optional workouts. He's here doing them, enjoying being who he is. Everywhere he goes, oh, my God, it's Aaron Rodgers. We're thinking Super Bowl for the Jets. They haven't played a game yet, so he hasn't done anything wrong. 
He's only had a couple of press conferences and interviews. He's been great. Like, does it get better than that right now? No. I mean, it will be if they win the Super Bowl, but shy of that, this is it. Yeah. This is awesome. He also, he had put out somewhere, he, I can't find it now, but um, Aaron Rodgers put out under the under the video of Taylor Swift how he had a great time at MetLife Stadium. Can't wait to see all the Jets fans yeah. out there. Met many Jets fans. Met a lot of people that work at MetLife Stadium. He's all pumped. Like, you're right. He is, like, all pumped right he now. He is embracing this more than I ever thought he would. Yeah, and you're right. I don't want this to end. <laughs> don't No games. No games. <laughs> but it feels like such a positive vibe right now. Oh, well, how can it not? I mean, Like, I've, the Jets threw the first 12 games of the season last year were a good football team. Yeah. I think they were 7-4, and four, I think, at one point. They weren't a great football team, but they were really good. Now they've got Aaron. Now the defense is for the most part intact. A lot of the offensive weapons, plus some added, intact. And you've added Aaron Rodgers. This should be. This should be a great season for the Jets. Yes, should it will be. be a great season for the Jets. Jerry. I've got the Jets going to the Super Bowl right now. Mo, well, good for you. You and a lot of other people. It's possible. We'll I think it would be great. The only thing that can stop the Jets from winning the Super Bowl: injury. Right. And what does it remind you of? Uh, the Mets pitching staff at all times? No. Brett in the, Favre. In the history of the Jets. Brett Favre. No. Vinny. Vinny Testaverde? What yeah. did he do? Oh, come on. With well, Parcells? When yeah. he got in, he ruptured his Achilles on the first game? What year? I don't remember whatever the hell year that was, but come on. That was supposed to be their year. You don't remember that? Barely. You have to remember that. How do I barely remember I that? I don't know. It was one of the most... I would. Uh, all kidding aside... I would say, and they've had some bad losses, as we know. They had the championship losses, the one in Denver, and then coming out that that next fall that was supposed to be their year. They had the loss, um, the losses to the Steelers in the championship games, like or playoff games, whatever. They've had some losses that have been tough. That game might have been to my my Jet fan friends, if you will, yeah. the most crushing day I've ever seen them. That had to be right in the, the middle. The season of, went up in flames. That had to be in my uh, Buccaneer years where I was locked in on the Probably. Buccaneers. Probably. It wasn't. I, I can't Vinny think of the years. Test, uh, yeah, get the date on that. Injury. It was week one against Seattle. I don't remember who it was. Here's the, was it from the Seattle? Jets press, Jerry. The 10 most heartbreaking losses suffered in Jets history. Vinny's Achilles. Yeah. Uh, 99? 1999. It was 99. Was it against the Seahawks? It was against the Dreaded Patriots. Oh, it was against the Patriots. Okay. And it was week one. It was week one or week two. I think it was week one. Mm-hmm. I'm almost certain of it. Uh, September 12th. Yeah. So there you have it. Was, wow. And it was one of those moments where you went from thinking Super Bowl, mm-hmm. like legit Super Bowl with the way they played the year prior. You had the coach in place. You had the quarterback who was playing great to – Holy crap, what just happened? With Testaverde gone, this article reads, Jerry, Parcells would lean towards former second overall pick, Rick Meyer. Yeah, and then um, and who was the uh, backup to him that he he didn't go to? Ray oh, Lucas. That's it. And that was, that was always Joe's contention, that if Parcells would have gone to Lucas sooner, they still might have been a good playoff team with a chance. And he was always furious with that. And I think that was the season, I think. I could be wrong. I think that was the season where Alex, was it Alex Van Dyke? No. That was the season that they lost in Detroit, I believe. And 
I remember Joe just, I mean, I've never seen him so angry because of the stupid play calling, as he put it, and he thought lost them the game. That was, I'm telling you, man, as a football fan and seeing my friends who are Jet fans with so much, it feels very much like this. So much optimism. We are taking the next step. We are going to be, we're going to the Super Bowl. This year would be more than just another step. It'd be the playoffs and then the Super Bowl. But that's how the Jet fan feels right now, and rightly so. If this fails, there is no hope ever. Like <laughs> You should never, ever get your hopes up as a Jets fan. Do you think that Cub fans thought that too? Yes. There's always hope. You can't, don't crush hope. I had to tell you, when Boomer on Friday said uh, when they were out in Las Vegas filming stuff for NFL Today, that they already had to give their Super Bowl predictions. That seems stupid. And Boomer said Jets, Cowboys. Yes. I felt that. Oh. Like, it, I felt in my heart that, that was he was right. Truth, yeah. Truth. It was weird. That's interesting, because I don't hear many people picking the Cowboys to do much of anything this year. Boomer just Cowboys. So Boomer went Jets. That what would be cool. A, how exciting would that be? Jets, Jerry? Cowboys would be cool. I agree. You'd have to go to that game. No. What? Jets, Cowboys? I mean, listen, we got to think about the whole Boomer aspect of it. Yeah. But if you remove that from it, yeah. I'd still rather watch the game at home. Hmm. I would. I don't know if you saw this, Jerry, over the weekend, but former Jet running back Le'Veon Bell, who, of course, really played with the Steelers, he said he used to smoke weed before games and then go out and run for 150 yards. Okay. That Does seems it matter like it should be anymore? illegal. Well, I'm sure it was at the time. Oh, right. But guys are still smoking weed. I mean, whatever. If you want to smoke weed, smoke weed. Even if you're smoking weed legally, you can't, like, legally... Like, I can't have a beer, then go play running back in the NFL. You can if it doesn't affect you. I guess if no one knows. I mean, guys, was it Hollywood Henderson used to have cocaine in his mouth? Not in his mouthpiece. He used to have it in his uh, helmet during Um, during games. He was snorting cocaine. Yeah. Man, that seems... Seems dangerous, Jerry. And now... He is completely reformed. He is uh, no longer an addict, and he's won the lottery twice, I believe. Hollywood Henderson? I believe he won the lottery, the Texas State lottery twice. I believe you're correct. I believe he won. The, the first time he won, he blew all the money. Oh. And then won it again. And then won it again. <laughs> weed, 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 weed. How does that happen? Weed, weed. Because weed is expensive. Twi- no, win the lottery twice. Oh, how do you win the, plus, you win the lottery in life of being good, you know, Things have to happen to become a professional football player. That is very true. Not only skill, but there is luck and fortune and all that. Also on the lottery of getting over abuse. Not everyone yes. can do that. Man, this guy's living life. Well, Live. He's been, if you ever heard of him on interviews yeah. or ever read his book, which I did, fascinating person. I have not read his book. I have not heard him in interviews. Hmm. I need an you NFL. You are aware of him, though. I'm aware that yeah. Hollywood Henderson is a guy who played for the Cowboys. I was a Cowboy fan back then and there. Uh, and I recall him playing, and I recall him being into drugs. Yeah. Sad story, but a good ending for him so far. Yes. He's staying clean, Jerry, and that's the important part. Yeah. And I guess the Jets and Quinn and Williams are, uh, quote-unquote, not that, that far apart. Yeah. Who's according to sources, Jerry? Hardly My sources. Your sword, the New York Post? Yep. <laughs> was that Rich Cimini? Um, yep. <laughs> Your sources. I know it was the New York Post. That's my source. <laughs> I read it uh, over the weekend. Okay. Because, um, but everyone's been saying that. Rob they will, they will get that, that done. Uh, that's not, so I'm not he concerned. should stop being douchey on social media. Quentin Williams. It's his leverage. He's using leverage? He's using leverage. Exactly. Because we all know it's getting done. Get her done. It, will, it will be done. Correct. All right. We'll get her done. Hollywood Henderson, 70 years old. 
Oh, by the way. All right. Still hanging in there. I wanted to make sure he was still doing okay. Right, after See, discussing him. Yeah. Seems like he's all right. Okay, good. All right, 535. Nice to have you with us on a Tuesday morning. Boomer and Geo, top of the hour. Big program right here on The Fan. All right, great to have you with us Tuesday morning. Alan Jared, warm-up show till 6 o'clock. we got 18 minutes to go. And then the boys are back. The boys are back in town. Yeah, they're back from the Jersey Shore after they uh, hiked back out to Long Island on Friday. And away as we goes. I see Tom Brady's back in the news, Jerry. For what now? Well, go away already. Here's the problem. Is he coming back? Well, you know his. Uh, he wants to be part owner of the Raiders. The Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah. And then uh, this uh, Jimmy Garoppolo situation with the Raiders that he had uh, foot surgery. And uh, they ain't going to be uh, ready to rock and roll. And now the Raiders uh, have a quarterback problem. And now there's talk of Tom Brady to the Raiders. Mm. Now there's also saying that they're not going to approve him as part owner of the Raiders unless he can give them uh, an, assurance an assurance that he's not going to play. Exactly, Jerry. An assurance. Like, can't you be an owner player? I don't know. Like, you can be a manager, you can be a head coach player, manager player. Manager player. Pete Rose. Who's the last guy? Was Rose the last one you can think of to do that in baseball? And he is the last one I can think of to do it in baseball, yeah. Pete Rose, player manager. Did Vince Lombardi ever play while he coached the Packers? I don't think so. He looked really <laughs> old. You know what's funny about that is he wasn't. I think Vince Lombardi died in his 50s. What? I think He I, looked like he was 90, Jerry. I know he did. I know. The heck was that man eating? He died. Uh, he was older than that. Let's see. He, born in 1913, died in 1970. So he was... Yeah, no, 57. 57. Oh, my gosh, he's almost as old as I'm almost um, only a few years away from Vince Lombardi's age. Correct. And you're right. You look at the images. He looks like he's in his 70s. That man must have smoked a lot. Let's see. So he died in 1970. When did Vince Lombardi coach his last game? He was 33. No, he would no, he would have been 50, I would say 55 or 56. (laughs) I'm just saying, maybe you just looked old. Oh, he no. was a young, young man, Jerry. Uh, 1969. 69. So 56. He was 56. Yeah. So you tell me, those pictures I see of Vince Lombardi on the sideline, the oldest he could possibly be is 56 years old? Correct. And Fake. he looks like he was in his 70s. Fake news, Jerry. No, well, can I tell you? Did you see what happened uh, in the Angels, uh, who was this? Angels, Angels-Marlins game. Angels-Marlins game. They got their heads up their ass. Yes, I did. This was from Saturday, by the way. Angels, Marlins, there was a, a challenge. Yeah, a good challenge, by the way. A good challenge. A successful challenge, as they say. But uh, Umps didn't want them challenging or thought that it was a, uh, a stupid challenge? Hard to challenge? say. So I'll play the – so first of all, it's the 10th inning of the game, all right. number one. And it looks like you get an inning-ending one, two, three double play. Pitcher, catcher to first base. And then all of a sudden, as the Marlin broadcasters are going to break, the music's running – you hear the announcer say, hey, the Marlins might be challenging. And then it trails off. And then in the middle of the commercial, they come back. And the umpire is having trouble talking over Motley Crue was playing in the background. But I guess he was having trouble with the earpiece. So he says the Marlins are challenging. And he says it a couple, maybe even three times. And then clearly he was having trouble with the button. And he turns to C.B. Buckner, and that's when he says they got their heads up their ass. I don't know if he was talking about the Marlins. If he was talking about the people running the replay, the headphone, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure, but this I, is how it sounded on Marlins TV. Now, home plate umpire, Miami C.B. Buckner, had a, a really good Miami's look at Miami's challenging it. the out call at home plate. 
Marlins are going to challenge that. They got their heads up their ass. And no reaction. And a, obviously a crucial play in this ball game. The announcer just keeps going like he never even heard it. First Christ, of all, get your head out of the sand or out of your ass <laughs> and wake up. The announcer's talking over the ump trying to explain yeah. as well. Yeah. So maybe no one was hearing. Maybe. The announcement. It's very. Because, other than TV. Again, like when he does what he does and the announcer just follows up. That. They got their heads up their ass. Oh, and a, obviously a crucial play in this ball game. <laughs> I'm with you on this one. When I first heard this, I yeah. thought he was talking about the Marlins have their head up their ass. Oh, I don't know. But I, I think you're right. I think it's probably whoever's controlling, whoever's responsible for yeah. controlling the microphones over the loudspeaker in the stadium. Because he was clearly having trouble hearing. They have their head up their ass. Correct. So heads up their asses and the Marlins uh, won the challenge. Okay. As it was. So. Uh, there was another weird baseball situation over the weekend. Hornell High School. Did you see I this one, I did see this. This was the strikeout. The catcher yeah. thought he tagged him, thought that the umpire ruled him out, didn't, and then they proceed to run around the bases as they're celebrating, and then all of a sudden, they lost. Yeah. Hornell High School celebrating their championship. Catcher dropped strike three. So did you see this? I did. Yeah. Because he went to tag on the dropped strike three. The catcher goes to tag. Yep. And he looks back at the ump, and the ump gives him the safe call. Right. Didn't tag him. Right. And he took that the wrong way. He took it the wrong way, goes to the mound to celebrate with the pitcher. All the while. But you notice the second baseman starts screaming at them because he noticed that the play was still alive, and he was like, out of control, trying to get their attention. Well, who had the ball? Do we know who had the ball at that point? Like the second baseman had to go over there and tackle that dude, get the ball. Well, he had and to go come running in, though. Out. That's the problem. Like it took a minute, I think, for them to process what the hell was going on. And the second, I think it was the second baseman. It seemed like he was the first one to realize that the play was still live. And then he comes running in. The pitcher, I think, was laying down on the ground, and you know, from winning, or he thought he won. I don't know at the ball. This, I, I don't know. This seems like a cheap way to win, though. I hate that in Major I, League Baseball. The, I understand. The drop strike three. I, I understand. So many guys barely make an effort to run down the first base. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the the, the the players don't want it in there anymore. I happen to agree. If you strike out, you strike out. You're out. Yep. I don't. Now, does it mean you can't run around? Now, third out, you're out, and the inning's over. But it doesn't mean with, you know, you can't still steal and run. Right. But I'm with you. I don't like the whole idea of stealing first base on a. You swung like you should be punished for striking out. Correct, but and and even more so if you swing and miss on a bad pitch. Yes, right now you got an opportunity to run. I agree. I don't like that rule either. Never have. Let's abolish it, Jerry. Yeah, and now they lost their state championship. That's right, that New York sucks. State Championship. That sucks. Yep. And people were. I mean, that's all over the place. That video. Uh, it is all over the yeah. place. Yes, it is. I watched it, Jerry. If I saw it, it's all over the place. Yeah. Now. Unfortunately, the Heat won last night for whatever reason. I don't know. I was rooting for they're this. The, they're the better team. I, you know what? The Celtics are probably the better team top to bottom all year long. But I yeah. thought the, the way the whole games, you see the end of game six was wacky. Good for the Heat. And I know Tatum got hurt in the first couple of minutes. But, oh, well, see ya. Bye. Yeah, I just thought it would have been cool. Like the, the Heat were up three games to none. The Celtics come back. Tie it up at three apiece. Well, they didn't finish the job, did they? They didn't finish the job. And the fourth quarter was never in doubt, ever. Oh, yeah, it was like blowout central. It was a 103-84. Right, but the Celtics never even, I think it was a eight or a nine-point game starting the fourth quarter. 
one team makes a run, like if the Celtics make a run, you got a game. The Heat make a run, the game's over, and it was the Heat that made the run. And that game was played within 17 and 24 points the entire fourth quarter. Like there was no drama whatsoever. Yeah, I looked up. Uh, I went in the back to get coffee, and they were rerunning the game. Yeah. And at one point, it was 96-75. Yeah. Game was over. Yeah. Game was over. Like so. you mentioned, Jason Tatum, he sprained his ankle on the first play of the game. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> I I do feel bad because I don't believe. I hope I'm wrong because I would like to see Jimmy Butler win, believe it or not. I just think he he's earned it. I don't think they have a chance to beat Denver. The Nuggets are too good, Jerry. That's I what think you're I think that has been the team all year that's been the best team. They've got the best player. Now, the layoff might hurt them. They haven't played in a week. But I, I don't – I mean, I could see Miami losing this series in five. So not we'll a see. sweep. And I think the ratings will be horrendous. Really? Yeah. No one cares. But what, uh, don't people want to see uh, this Jokic fella? Probably not. <laughs> no. And I don't think so. I, really? he's Because he's as good as he is – He's not a high-flying act. Like, people want to see crazy dunks, and, I mean, he's he's just a slow, lumbering, great player. He's he's almost, he's just, I don't know, he's boring, but he's great. Like, he would need a high-flying teammate. And then oh, I mean, Jamal duo, Murray's pretty damn good. Then as a duo, they should. Shea Gilgis Alexander. He's got players. I mean, they're a good team. Well, one that got away from the Nets, Bruce Brown, he's on this team. Um, but they're they're just good. Like the Nuggets, there's nothing spectacular about them other than the fact that they win all the time, and they're just they're really good. But I don't know that it's going to draw ratings. I hope I'm wrong. I hope their ratings are really good for it. Jerry, what will get more ratings? Denver Nuggets versus the Heat, or the, or the Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers? Yeah, or the Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. <laughs> What's option C? Uh the basketball will, of course, it will. Option C is the test pattern. No, the <laughs> shut up. <laughs> no, the basketball will. Basketball will, of yeah. course, it will. You know that. I do know. This that. is a this is a tough draw for the NHL. Yeah. The goal, and how about the fact you're a team like like the Islanders haven't won in forever, or whatever team it is, and here are the Golden Knights. They've been in existence for a handful of years, and they're going to the finals again. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's hey, like when yeah, like yeah. The, the the Panthers went to the Super Bowl right. early on. The like, Jet fans got to be like them seriously. Yeah. What about us? Yeah, I don't like that. That is very true. You're right. So whatever. We have time to talk about Jewel. Yeah. Did I you do. see? I don't know. Did you put this on I the did. show sheet? Yeah, I did put it on the show sheet. Did you see her national anthem? I did. I thought it was awesome. Me too. So why? And the only reason I saw it was I read a headline. I think it was something along the lines of disastrous national yeah. anthem or disrespectful. And I'm like, well, oh my God, what did she do? This is the uh, Indy 500. And I'm watching it and I'm thinking, first of all, it sounds like Jewel. Mm-hmm. The way I would think Jewel would do the national anthem. I thought it was great. Me too. All right. So we're on the same page. Okay. Yeah. I read the headline. I saw social media posts about how disrespectful this was. Why? And I was like, let me look at this. And I'm watching along. I'm going, okay, at some point she must do or say something That's ridiculous. That's what I thought. And nothing. No. she read, Now, she sings it a little differently. Yes. But I I, I love the way it ended. I, I thought it was great, actually. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like about it was a little slow. So it, it seemed to go on and on. But you can sing it traditionally very slow, too. Yeah. So that is, but that's that's a different complaint. People saying it was dis, disrespectful or disastrous. Yeah, ter- I mean, come on. I, whatever. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. I thought it was pretty good. So I mean, weird that they would have Jewel do it. Like, what, what a random performer to choose to do the national anthem at the uh, Indy 500. 
Well, her father was an Indy 500 racer, a driver. Okay, Jerry, not so random. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I was just called John Cougar Mellencamp every year. I'm like, you're from Indiana. Come on. Come up here and do this national anthem. Three and a half weeks, you'll be seeing oh, him. Oh, that's right, Jerry. All right, quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap it up. We'll get you Boomer and Geo in here. Right now on Odyssey Sportsman and Amy Lawrence talking hoops. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. Oh, program coming up for you at 6 o'clock, which is about a minute and 40 seconds away. Boomer and Geo on a Tuesday. What else you got? I saw this story about an NBA ref, Jerry, and the NBA is investigating this ref. Supposedly this uh, ref, Eric Lewis. Yeah. He created a burner account. Good for him. To defend the referees. Yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, mm-hmm. And that's a problem? Apparently. Who cares? I, I right? couldn't agree with you more. Why is he not allowed to defend care. the referees as a fake I saw burner story account on dude? Friday or Saturday, I'm like, all right, move on. Yeah. Not a story to me. Right. I say, good for him. Yeah, that's Someone's right. got to defend him. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> good How for many you. burner accounts do you have? I have none. No, me Seems neither. like a lot of work. Yeah, I would agree. It probably is a lot of work. And then non story. And then LeBron James commented yeah, on it saying, is so this I, true? I saw that and I think, is he betting on games? Right. I'm like, oh, no. It's about a Twitter. Who cares? We got we got so many other things to worry about. This is not one that. But, I, but even why would the radar. NBA like? Why is that even a I thing? Don't for, I don't know. They're know. they're getting him under the you can't comment publicly on officiating. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Without permission. I'm with you. Non-story. I mean, how many followers could a random fake referee account even have? Nine. <laughs> like who even found it? I don't know. I don't know. For it to be a problem. I, I don't know. LeBron James getting the bottom of As it, As you always Jay. say, you start new Instagram, Facebook yeah, accounts. it takes it's, forever. It's hard creating you that. Get, you can't get the followers. WFAN. WFAN-FM. WFAN-FM HD1 New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app.